and welcome back to Life 100 Podcast. I am Rosie and it's so good to be with you today. And what a guest do I have. In my eyes, she is a star. The first time I saw one of her stories in social media, I was captivated by our special guest, Carissa a master storyteller that will take us in a journey on why she chose Thailand to attend grad school and how she taught herself Thai on a proficient level in less than eight months. She will share her totally unexpected, never-ending stories full of twists and turns that will leave you guessing what is she going to do next. So let's listen to the story behind the Thailand stories. Let's listen to Carissa. Welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me. Excited to be here. Your stories, the first time I saw one story, I thought that was it, but no, I stayed longer because it takes you where you are at the time. So tell us about your upbringing and why you decided to go to Thailand. I was born in North Dakota and my parents, they were travelers. So we moved every two to three years. We lived in Venezuela. We lived in China. We lived in six different states. And I decided to go to college in Thailand just because I really loved living in Asia. And so recently I've been making a lot of TikToks about all my travel stories and just sharing everything I've learned traveling and about all the cultures that I love and everything like that. Yes, because that's something that really impressed me as far as you were exposed to travel so early, but not only just visiting, but living in those countries. So you were exposed to a lot of cultures. And even though you had a good experience, it's not the same as when you do it all on your own, right? <laughs> so, yeah. Absolutely. So let me go back to your parents. When you decided... You know, mom and dad, I am finishing my undergrad in mechanical engineering and I am going to go overseas for some time. How was that conversation? With my parents, it was not good. I told them, I was like, I got accepted into a university in Thailand, full ride. And they're like, we don't want you to go. And they really freaked me out. They're like, you know, if anything bad happens, you get hurt. We're 24 hours away. And my mom cried a little bit. I almost didn't go. But towards the end, my mom, she feels like she got a feeling that everything was going to be okay. And then she was like, you know what, I think you're actually going to have an amazing time. And so I eventually got on the plane because she finally encouraged me to do it. But it was rough there for a while. They did not want me to leave for two years. <laughs> yes. And this is the true story behind the scene. And this is coming from travelers. I came from Puerto Rico to uh, Florida at 21. And uh, one of my parents, she was like, uh, yep, yep, it's time because it was just hours away. But yeah. my dad took some time. <laughs> <laughs> it's not that he was against it. It's the same thing that you just said. What if? What happened? And during that time, communication wasn't as easy as now with all the technology. It was a little bit more limited. So the what is was, was serious. But boy, I worked hard to convince him that everything was going to be fine. <laughs> and it was hard, right? It was hard because it's a new change. But you did it. And another thing that I love is that why you decided to go to Thailand. Because for someone who said, I want to study somewhere else, but I don't know where to go. What was the thinking process for you at that time? Maybe starting from your third year of undergrad. And how long it took you to 
process all that college application and be accepted as an international student? What, what took place there? Basically, before I graduated, I kind of decided I wasn't ready to work the rest of my life yet. I was like, I want to travel. I want to study abroad. I want to do all this stuff. But if I start working right away, I can't do that. So I thought I wanted to get a master's degree somewhere abroad. And so I found a bunch of scholarships online and I started applying in different countries I thought I'd like to live in. I applied to New Zealand. I applied to Thailand. I applied to Taiwan. And Thailand was the first place that got back to me and said I had a full ride acceptance. So I thought that was a sign. I was like, first school to accept me, I'm ready to go. Thailand sounds amazing. You were ready. You were ready to go. And why those countries? Why do you apply to those countries specifically? I just like the adventure surrounding them. I wanted to live near a beach, but a place that also had mountains. I wanted to have a grad salary. That was the biggest thing because I could have gone to those countries as an English teacher like a lot of people do, but you only get like one day per week to actually travel and I wanted the full weekend and a summer vacation where I could really explore the country that I was going to live in. And so I just chose places that I thought had the potential for really great adventures and great people. That is so smart because I know that from all over the world now that we have access and easy transportation, it's like where to go next. And especially if it's a country with a different language and different cultures and customs and things like that. So it's really smart what you did. And it's a good guide for someone who wants to do this. Let me ask you, the classes when you are in Thailand or any other country that you apply to, those classes, the majority of them are going to be in English. How does that work? Yes, they were all going to be in English. Well, the one in Thailand was specifically an English-speaking scholarship because they're trying to promote more fluency in English in Thailand. So they're really working on getting that up, which is why I had full ride scholarship there. That's good to know because there's so many people don't know how to even start. So you're opening opportunities and possibilities to a bunch of people right now. I'm so excited about this. So then you graduated. Congratulations. You have your bachelor's. You're an engineer. You're ready to travel. You're ready to continue. Did you graduate in May? No, I graduated in December. Ah, okay. Just like me, I graduated in December as well. Yeah, (laughs) I graduated in December, and one month later, I left to Thailand. So I just got a short Christmas with my family, and then I moved across the world. Do you remember the day that you took that first plane? I think it was January 7th. January 7th. Yeah, I was January 1st. I was decided I was going to be on the 1st because I wanted to start a new year. And I'm like, I'm living on January 1st. You're like, what? Elena, tú estás loca, pero espérate, espérate. Y yo, I'm going. <laughs> so <laughs> from 90 degrees to 30 degrees at a time, that was an eye-opening. So you, you did it in January too. When you reached Thailand, how long it took you to get there, what it was like for traveling, passport, customs, what kind of weather were you coming from, and how was the weather when you arrived there? Well, I went to my undergrad in Oklahoma, and so the weather there was really cold. Like, Oklahoma gets super cold, it gets snowy, and it's super windy. So I went from the coldest weather to the most hot tropical weather. I mean, it was technically winter in Thailand, but winter in Thailand is still 90 degrees every day. It was like 24-hour flight time. There are no direct flights to Thailand. So I think I had to fly to Qatar first. Then I flew to Korea. And then I finally flew to Thailand. 
And so that whole time I was just kind of freaking out. I had 24 hours to basically overthink the next two years of my life, like kind of scared because I had never moved to a country all by myself before. I'd always had my family or someone I knew with me, but I was going in blind. So I really got scared on the plane while I was getting there. I can imagine. I mean, you didn't just move. You went far. You moved yeah. really far. Across the world. <laughs> Across the world, really far, really far. So you have your passports and you have your documents. How was that airport experience going to these different airports in all these different countries and the easiness at that time to find your connecting flights? How was that experience for you? Going through the airport has never been a problem for me. Mm -hmm. I've traveled since I was little. I know how to navigate airports. And mm -hmm. luckily for me, they always speak English. Like mm -hmm. the announcements go in English. That wasn't scary. The scary part was arriving in Thailand and just not knowing what was going to happen next. I was pretty afraid that maybe I wouldn't like my professors or maybe... I signed up for some crazy scheme and I was going to show up and it was going to be horrible and I was going to quit in the first three months. I had a whole backup plan. I was like, <laughs> if it doesn't go well, I'm just going to, I saved up $4,000 and I'm going to stay my three-month visa and just live on an island if I don't like it. <laughs> you see, that's what I like. That's what I like. You had a backup plan just in case because sometimes things happen, but that wasn't the case. Things did work out. And one of my favorite stories that you have is when you first landed in Thailand, and then how did you get to your college, to the actual facility, to the building? Now, tell us about it, because it's just something that is unique. It's amazing. So <laughs> go ahead and tell us. You just landed in Thailand. You're like, okay, so what am I going to do next? But tell us all about it. I was freaking out. Some things with my professor I felt like didn't really add up. Because his name was spelled differently in a lot of places I found online, like his academic research papers. I'd also done a lot of the application process through Facebook Messenger, which I didn't realize was normal in Thailand. A lot of business is done through Facebook Messenger, but I was like, that's weird. It's not through an academic portal. And mm -hmm. I just really overthought it. I was scared. <laughs> so he was like, I'm sending two students to pick you up. And he sent me their Facebook profiles, but it was only a small circle. I really couldn't see what they looked like. But I made a whole plan. I was like, I'm going to show up to the airport and I'm going to try to spy on them to see if they're like actually legitimate students or not. But that was a terrible plan because I walked in. I was the only white person in there. I really stood out. I'm six feet tall. They immediately walked up to me and they're like, hey, you're Dr. Chow's new student. And I was like, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> and then you got in the car. Uh, what happened after that? Yeah, I got in the car and we start driving and they're like, um, you can sleep in the back of the car. I know you had a 24-hour flight because it's going to take two hours to get there. What do, what do you mean two hours? I thought the university was in Bangkok. And they were like, no, the university's in Kampeng saying it's two hours away. And they started laughing at me. They're like, you thought you were going to the Bangkok campus? And I was embarrassed but also freaked out. I was like, yeah. And they're like, well, Camping Sane is very rural. So you're in for a big surprise. And then I started freaking out. Like, my stomach dropped. I was like, I'm going to be in rural Thailand. I don't even speak the language. <laughs> And that's just to begin. I mean, that's just landing. It's like, hello. It's going <laughs> The surprises just started from the moment you arrived. <laughs> yeah, first hour. And 
I started talking really fast because I got nervous, and they kept telling me, they're like, you got to slow down. We're not native English speakers, but I couldn't help it because I was just freaking out. And it did take two hours to get to your campus? It did. <laughs> One of the students' name was Golf, so we were driving in his car. And it took us two hours to get there. And by the time we got there, it was evening. And Dr. Ja had set up a welcome dinner with all his students. So they all ordered Thai food for me. And we had a big meal together. And that was the first time I met all the people I would study with. And none of them spoke English except for Grace and Golf, who picked me up in the car. Yes, and that's one thing that I really like because they made the effort. They put things together for you, not only to feel welcome and also to feel that you're in good hands because they make sure that they welcome you. Okay, she's here by herself, new country, new language. So that warmed my heart. Okay, it's like a welcome home away from home, right? <laughs> yes, it was really sweet. My first day, they picked me up from the airport. Grace, his student, slept over in my room with me so I wouldn't feel lonely my first night. So I was in a brand new country. And then the next day she showed me coffee shops and places and tried to give me a tour around campus and teach me a little Thai just so I felt super welcome and not lonely on my first day, which was really sweet. But Grace didn't stay for long, right? She had to leave in a few days or shortly after. Yeah, Grace, I thought she was a current student and we were going to be friends. But the very next day, Dr. Zhao, I met my professor for the first time. And he was really warm, sweet man. And he's like, I'm taking you guys out to lunch, all my students. And Grace, after lunch, was like, I'm going back to Bangkok. And I was like, what do you mean? You're the only English speaker here. She's like, well, I work now. I already graduated and I have to go back to my job. And then my stomach dropped again because she was the only one who spoke fluent English because she was Filipino. And I was like, I'm not going to have a single person I can even talk to once she leaves. Goodness. That was day number two. So day number one, you knew, you found out you were going to drive two hours, which you were not planning on. Day number two, the only other English speaking person, just, okay, nice meeting you, but I have to go. And there you are. And this is just day two. So... What happened from day three that you made a big decision to learn the language really quick? So I would be silent for days at a time because Dr. Zhao, my professor, was the only one who really spoke English. And he didn't come to class every single day because he had different obligations. So maybe three days a week, I could speak to someone else in person who spoke English. And if my professor didn't show up, I was silent for days at a time. And I got so lonely and so sad. I was like, I can either give up or I can learn the language. If I'm still miserable in six months, then I'll allow myself to give up. So I gave myself six months to learn Thai. And I just went as much as I could go. I was learning two hours a day because I was so determined to give it my best effort. And I learned Thai really quickly. I learned it pretty proficiently in four months. And once I could actually have conversations with people, life got a lot better over there. Yes, it does. And that's what I think I like about what you share in social media, because you're teaching us about the language and what it means in the context that it means. And the other day I learned about that you can read it from left to right, from right to left, from up and down and things like that, because this is totally different. It's a total different way of writing and reading. And how did you learn the language? What did you do during those months to understand and to be conversational in it? Well, a lot of it was trial and error. Mm -hmm. At first, I bought a Thai learning course, but you know how Chinese has pinyin, which is like a standard Romanized kind of English version? Thai doesn't have that. And they also have 32 vowels 
and they're very distinct in the way that they sound. Like there's ah, there's ah, there's all. And if you say it a little bit different, it's a completely different word. And so my first Thai learning was a disaster because they didn't differentiate all those and no one could understand me. So I went through several Thai learning courses until I finally found one. And then I developed a method that basically worked for me because I would just study flashcards, but I couldn't understand what anyone was saying to me because I couldn't listen fast enough. They would speak so quickly and my brain was still translating the first word. I had no idea what they were saying. So eventually I developed a method where I'd learn flashcards and then I would listen for a whole hour and I would listen until I understood 90% of an audio track and then I would move on to the next audio track. That way I was finally able to have conversations because I could listen at the speed that they were speaking. Great idea. Yeah, because you didn't have anyone to correct you. That was just you and the recordings. That's the way it was. It was just me and my phone learning as much as I could. Yes, yes, but you did. You did. Um, did you do it fast too? <laughs> <laughs> I did. I had no other option. Otherwise, I couldn't talk to anyone. Yes. Yeah. So what do you do to practice that conversational portion of it? There's a lot of things I did. One of the things I started getting massages twice a week because people got really impatient with me. I spoke so badly when I was first learning that They would just like call out into the restaurant. I'd walk up and I'd try to order Thai food. And they'd yell into the restaurant, can anyone speak English And to get to help me? And no one would let me speak Thai to them. And so some person would come and try to translate for me. And that got really frustrating because I was like, I'm never going to be able to speak better if no one lets me speak with them. So I started getting massages twice a week because that was a captive audience I had for a whole hour that I could practice my tie with. And my masseuse, she didn't mind at all because I was giving her a lot of business. Great language lessons. I got to practice everything I learned with her until she finally understood me. And how long do you think it took you from the time that you arrived to the time that you say, I can have a conversation and I can handle this? How long did it take you? It took me three and a half months to understand my first sentence. Mm. I was actually on a date with the Thai guy and he was talking on the phone and I remember he said some type of sentence maybe it was I'm going on a walk after work and I was like wow I understood that was the first time and that took three and a half months and then after that it got way better after six months I could have really good conversations about a lot of subjects like nothing too complex but I could actually express myself and talk to people around me and It just felt amazing. And that is so good because you gave yourself six months and here you are halfway and you already made tremendous progress. And then probably it was for you to stay. That's when you say, I'm going to finish here or something else happened that made your decision. Nope, this is it. I'm going to get through the end. How was that yeah. for you? Well, once I could speak, it opened up so much for me because when I first arrived in Thailand, I was completely helpless. Like, if I didn't have my professor, I couldn't do anything. I couldn't order food for myself. I couldn't take public transportation because I didn't know how to talk to the drivers and I didn't know where I was going. I couldn't get my own phone plan. I couldn't open a bank account. It was like I was a kid again. And so once I could actually speak the language, I actually got some autonomy back. I was finally an adult again because I could make my own decisions without someone else's help. And... That just made such a difference in my happiness that I could actually travel around Thailand and experience it because I could finally speak the language. Otherwise, I needed a chaperone at all times. 
Yes, it just makes a big difference. And you see, that's the beauty about traveling because when you're exposed to other cultures, other languages, we become, I think, better human beings because we know what it takes to understand each other. I think that we become more patient and understanding and more caring of other people because we know what it was like for us to be in a place, not knowing anything and having to figure out a way to make it work for us. And if people have family, make it work for the family. That's my experience. Oh, absolutely. They gave me so much more compassion for immigrants. And I know they probably feel lonely and so much culture shock and I really relate to them. And I think of people who don't speak English that well and how lonely it was for me, even just speaking Thai at like a basic level. No one knew I was funny or like I made clever jokes. They didn't really know my whole personality because I couldn't express myself that way. And I always think about how lonely I was back then and how I might relate to people if they feel that way too when they first move to the U.S. Yes, absolutely. It's uh, totally relatable. That's why I always advocate travel. Go to new places that you don't know anything about and try to figure it out. Because also it shows how resourceful you are. I mean, were you surprised of how well you were able to not only to live, but to enjoy your places? You get to know more about who you are as a person, don't you? Yeah, I was surprised how resilient I was. Because I was like, I had no idea I was capable of studying language for two hours a day. But it turns out if... I want something bad enough, I can actually have that type of discipline and I can have that resourcefulness, even though I'm so lonely to not give up and go back home. It just made me have a lot more confidence in myself. I know whatever I encounter, if I can get through that, I can get through anything else and figure it out. Absolutely. It's a great way to start finding out who we are as a person because we're usually molded by our experiences with the family that we grew up with, with our culture, with our country. But maybe there is something that we have that we haven't had the opportunity to experience. And then when we put ourselves in those situations, it's like, oh my gosh, I didn't know I had this in me. Oh my goodness, look at it. Oh, or I like this or I like that. Or It's always good. It's always exciting. So if you're listening and you are wondering, how am I going to do this? Well, this is like a blueprint of ideas of how you can do it. Now you are in Thailand. Now you speak the language. You are in college. What are one of those best memories that you had while being there? My best memories for sure was getting lunch and coffee with my professor every day. He was just the nicest guy I've probably ever met in my entire life. And he always taught me all his philosophies of life. Every time we got lunch together, he would be like, I've been given so much in this life. That's why I give to everyone else. And he would pay for everyone. He would buy them lunch, all his students and take us out to coffee and really get to know us. And I'd never had a relationship like that with a professor before. He is amazing. I love every time that you bring him over. When you told him that he has so many people looking at the post, it just warms my heart because you can tell that he's doing it because he loves doing it, because he's such a kind person. And it's really a beacon of hope for people who want to do what you're doing. So it was amazing. I was thinking now, one of the stories that I love, it was a story when you were walking and you heard someone say, it's hot. And then that took you to a stream of different things. Tell us what happened during that time? Yeah, so I used to walk around this lake every day for exercise. It was a short walk from my apartment. And when I walked around the lake, you know, I stood out a lot because I'm this tall, blonde, white girl in rural Thailand. And people would come up and talk to me and see if I spoke Thai or not. So this guy walked up to me and he said, Gron, which means it's hot outside. 
And I was like, yeah, Ron Mack, like, it's really hot. And he was like, oh, you speak Thai? I was like, yeah, let me and my wife take you to dinner. We want to hang out with you. And I was like, okay. So after I walked, they took me to this seafood dinner, and it was on this patio. And we were eating there, and they were asking me questions all about myself and why I'm there. They got me to sing karaoke on stage. They told the singer, like, oh, she just told us she can sing well. Let her sing one, too. And I'm like, I don't want to sing in front of this whole random restaurant. But they got me to do it anyways. And that was really funny. And they're like, we like you so much. Like, hang out with us tomorrow. I'll take you to my cucumber farm. And I was like, that sounds really fun. So the next day, they picked me up in their car, and they drove me to Supanburi, where their cucumber farm was. And they had a whole shop for farmers that had tractor tires and all these other things in there and seeds. And me and his wife just grilled pork outside, little pork skewers, and ate a bunch of dragon fruit. And I just got to talk to them. And he showed me all the cucumbers and the sugar cane on his farm and the equipment that he used to irrigate it. It was really cool. And then he's like do you want to see my cousin's house? And I was like, okay. So he drove me <laughs> to his cousin's house and he left me there for a while with his cousins, but they had this big mansion that had these Chinese artifacts everywhere because they were Thai Chinese. I just ate some food with them and we watched the show in German. They mm -hmm. had Thai subtitles. And then his wife comes back and picks me up and she's like, either I can drop you off at home or you can go to a dance class with me. And I was like, I'll go to the dance class. And so she takes me out to this concrete slab in the middle of a rice field. And there's like little fruit on a little platform and all these Thai ladies in aerobics clothes. And we start doing, it's basically like the Thai version of Zumba. We're all doing aerobics dancing. And it was some of the most fun I ever had trying to learn all these Thai aerobics dances. It was just like, just one guy saying it's hot to me led to one of the funnest days I've ever had. And that's what I love your post because you never know where the story is going to go. And also she has pictures <laughs> to show how everything went down. And we see the transformation when you first got there to then towards the end. From those two years, everything that took place is amazing. So what else is next for you? Right now, with my current job, I can't work outside the U.S., but I'm hoping one day I can so I could perhaps live half the year in Thailand and half the year in the U.S. That is your second home for sure now, huh? Yes, I love it there. <laughs> and so if I could find a way to work half the year there, I would do it in a heartbeat. Yes, but because when did you graduate over there? Was it in the summer, in the winter? How is graduation over there? What is it like? Well, graduation, I actually never got to do my ceremony. Oh. And I'm doing it next month. <gasps> you are. Yeah. The graduation ceremony in Thailand, royalty gives you your diploma. There's a royal for each public university. So the princess is going to give me my diploma. And I'm really excited. I've never met royalty before. So I'm going to be in Thailand because I have a lot of graduation stuff to do, but I'm also just going to be visiting everyone since I haven't been able to see them the past couple of years. And I'm sure they're looking forward to see you. And now you're a married woman. I love the post that you do with him. And from listening to you talking in Thai, does he also speak the language or getting to know more about it? He's learned a couple of things. He visited me in Thailand twice while I was there. And while we were there, we decided to play pickup basketball with some Thai kids. So he learned how to say, Len Dai Mai, which means like, can I play? And he says that all the time around the house. You are going back for graduation. And also, sometimes you kind of organize trips as well, right? Yeah, I organize a couple group trips for next year. One's in April and one's in July. And... 
just me and some of my TikTok followers. I'm going to show them Thailand and all my favorite things about it and be their local guide. I'm really excited about it. Yes, and they're so popular. They are practically sold out, right? Yeah, they are sold out. <laughs> yeah. So why are you planning to go? Where are you taking them? On the first trip, we're going to northern Thailand. We're going to see a hill tribe. We're going to cook dinner. There's a lot of hills and mountains up in the north. So we're going to do some hiking, see some caves, raft down a river inside a cave. I love northern Thailand. And we're also there for Songkran, which is the Thai New Year festival. See, these are ideas. Even if you don't join her on her trips, you have ideas where to go and what to look forward to. So for someone who is ready to go and visit for about a week, what kind of travel tips you have as a visitor, as a tourist? I'd say if you could, you should definitely go to a Thai festival. They're unlike anything you've ever seen in the U.S. Like go to Songkran for a three-day water fight. There's a lantern festival and that's beautiful or anything else because that's when you really see culture and what it's like and you get a real once-in-a-lifetime experience. But if you can't do that, I just recommend doing homestays a lot. I love homestays. I'm about to do one in Krabi on a farm. Those are just like the best experiences or stay with the hill tribes because instead of just going to a resort and eating fancy food and not really experiencing the country, that's where you actually really experience the culture and get to know what it would be like to grow up there and really expand your mindset. It's just the best part of Thailand is the people over there. Great tips, great ideas. Thank you so much for the time that you have given us. It's a precious gift. And where can we find you? On both my TikTok and Instagram, I'm Life of Carissa E. E is my last name. So it's C-H-A-R-I-S-S-A-E. So thank you so much for being here today. I hope you had a great time. And I wish you the best in all the projects that you have coming. And next time I talk to you, you will have new stories to share with us. Yes, absolutely. Thank you for having me. And I can't wait to share the rest of my stories with you and all my TikTok followers about what happens next month while I'm in Thailand. Yes, we'll be waiting for them. So thanks so much. And I'll talk to you soon. All right. Talk to you soon. What a great conversation. And thank you for sharing this message, for being part of this journey. And I invite you to visit her social media that is full of insight and inspiration. And once again, thank you for listening and like, leave a comment and subscribe. Follow us because like I always say, life is better when you live it at 100.